Welcome to the Living a Life Unleashed podcast. Welcome to the Living a Life Unleashed podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Bishop. Hey, thanks for tuning in. If you're new to this podcast, welcome. I'm so glad that you're hanging out with us because the goal of this podcast is to equip and encourage us to live a life that is unhindered and unleashed, to pursue growth and transformation together, and and to know that we're not alone in the journey. Each week, I'm going to invite a guest onto the show to talk about a topic that is meant to spark ideas and give us ways to grow, get unstuck, gain new insights, and compel us to action as we journey together to play full out and live fully into who we were created to be and make our best contribution to others along the way. Hey, please share this podcast with others, and when you listen, leave comments and reviews. When you review the podcast, it gains more visibility to others. Well, I'm excited for our show today because I have invited Ann Byler, who you may better know as the founder of Auntie Ann's Pretzels. And Ann is going to share her journey of growth and transformation and how she lives a life unleashed. And we're going to talk about a new organization Ann is launching called Broken Silence, whose mission is to help women find their voice and break free from the secrets that keep them stuck in pain blame, and shame. A little bit about Anne. Anne began twisting pretzels in 1987 and grew a single farmer's market stand into Auntie Anne's Incorporated, the world's largest hand-rolled soft pretzel franchise. Her professional success, however, was forged after years of darkness, depression, and despair brought on by the death of her 19-month-old daughter. Anne's personal story and entrepreneurial insights have been featured on many television shows, including Secret Millionaire, The Oprah Winfrey Show, and Good Morning America. And she's been highlighted in numerous publications, such as Fortune Magazine and Inc. Magazine. In 2005, Anne sold Auntie Anne's and authored the business memoir, Twist of Faith. And today, she shares her inspirational message with audiences around the world. Anne and her husband, Jonas, live in Texas and are parents to two daughters, both married and proud grandparents to four grandchildren. Well, hey, Anne, welcome to the show. I'm so glad to be hanging out with you today. Thank you, Lisa. I'm so excited to be here on your show. Yeah, we were talking a little bit earlier. I'm in Chicago, which uh, when we're taping this is one degree or maybe minus seven with the wind chill. And you're you're from Texas, but you're hanging out in Pennsylvania. So you're experiencing a little bit of your own chill. I sure am. <laughs> <laughs> and I bet you can't wait to get back to uh, to Texas where the weather is a little bit more forgiving. Yes, I'll take the I'll take the warm weather above the cold weather any day. <laughs> I am with you and I say to myself, why have I lived in Chicago my entire existence? Yeah. Well, that's why I live in Texas. <laughs> yeah, I do not blame you. Well, I'm I'm excited for our listeners to learn a little bit about your story and of course all of us know about Auntie Anne's pretzels. And as I was mentioning earlier before we started taping, um, I have long been obsessed with them. And every time I'd go to the mall, the first thing I'd do is I'd look for the kiosk and see and see where I could stand in line uh, for your pretzels or as I've been traveling. And so I just think it's pretty fun that I actually get to, to talk to the woman behind 
behind the the magnificence of of Auntie Anne's. And I've so appreciated getting to know your journey and your story. I, I was reading a little bit about how you started Auntie Anne's as a way to make money so your husband could counsel couples free of charge. And when you started out, you never intended it to turn into an international franchise. And now Auntie Anne's is, I think it's the world's largest hand-rolled soft pretzel franchise, right? Yes, it is. That's amazing. Well, tell us a little bit about your journey. I know that you have transitioned out of that business in 2005. You've since written a book. You've you've toured around and just shared your life story with others and inspiring business people and churches and just people, you know, in between. And you're currently launching a new organization here in 2018. But would love our listeners just to get to know a little bit about Anne and your journey. So share share a little bit with us. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity to be able to share my story for God's glory. I uh, I feel like all of us have a story. And um, I understand uh, my journey has brought me to the point of I absolutely believe that at the end of the day, all we have left is our story. And uh, I think it's important for all of, everyone to be able to share their stories because uh, that's where we can connect. When I when I know your story, then I know you, and I connect with you. Yeah. So anyway, I love the fact that that God has clearly uh, shown me that my story um, needs to be shared, and so I I appreciate every opportunity I have to be able to do this. And so thank you so much. But as as many people know, that I grew up in the Amish culture, and um, Amish meaning uh, my early years were horse and buggy Amish and uh, old order. And um, when I was about three years old, my mom and dad left the old order Amish and they went to the Amish Mennonite, which would be black car Amish. So I grew up in the Amish culture in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, on a farm that uh, uh, you can only imagine farming and being Amish. It was was a a hard work kind of a life, but it was uh, very... I would say safe and very simple and very secure. Not a perfect life, but it was certainly set me up. I feel like to be uh, become a successful businesswoman. Although as a kid, I would never have dreamed that I would ever be a businesswoman. That was not in my. Uh, I had no um, idea or thought or that one day. I never sat around dreaming, oh, one day I'm going to be, you know, Auntie Anne's and have a pretzel organization around the world. I would never thought about that. So, but what, what the farm did for me was really set me up to be successful, which uh, was a couple of uh, principles that I learned. There was to simply work hard. My dad uh, made us believe that if, you know, if we work hard, there's there are rewards for that. And um, the reward for me was um, typically would have been a pat on the back from my dad or sitting around the supper table with all eight kids and we'd sit around and talk about our day and, you know, what we did. So the reward was always a good meal at the end of the day with mom and dad and all the kids sitting around the table. But I didn't understand how, um, how powerful that was or how that impacted me as far as teamwork on the farm and then enjoying the rewards of a job well done. Hmm. And, you know, when I got into hands, people talk about working smarter. Well, what does that mean? You know, I had no idea. I'm thinking you just do what you got to do. It's, it's all <laughs> work, you know. But um, my dad made me believe that if I work hard, I am smart. So there was just always a whole lot of uh, fulfillment rewards for me uh, just working hard. 
I know that sounds kind of like old-fashioned and maybe not 21st century coolness, but um, there's something about understanding that the fruit of your labor, there's something good about that. And so I'm grateful that mom and dad, you know, gave me that work ethic when I was a kid. And out of that, I learned the, um, the how to persevere. You know, without perseverance, it really everything you do in life will, at some point or another, you have to push through it, whether it's emotionally, spiritually, you know, financially, physically, uh, if you want to be successful, you have to push through to whatever it is. And, and you always get to a point where you want to just kind of give up. Right. You know, so perseverance, I think, was probably the greatest principle that mom and dad taught me. And um, so I just learned how to do that on the farm. And I just so appreciate the fact that I was able to you know, at the time growing up, I didn't, it didn't matter. We were just doing what, what you got to do. But hindsight is twenty twenty. It's crystal clear to me as I look back and I see the foundation that they laid for me to actually become a successful businesswoman. One of them was perseverance. Just, right. just got to keep, keep pushing, keep going through. When you want to stop, just keep going. Right. And it's interesting to me because you didn't know, as you said, that that would be the foundation for your future success. But oftentimes, you know, even God calls us to do things right now or stick with things or endure, or persevere. And we ask the question, well, why? And we, we won't know the answers. But when we develop and cultivate those habits and disciplines, man, like they, they do lay that foundation for what's ahead. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that a successful entrepreneur uh, is um, someone who, you know, there's a lot, lot of wannabe entrepreneurs out there. Um, and there are many entrepreneurs, but I think that a successful entrepreneur is simply is someone who will simply do what others do not feel like doing. Hmm. You know, that, that sounds so simple, but it's so powerful because that is really perseverance. You just do what you don't feel like doing. Um, and so as, as our company grew, well, I can tell you, Lisa, there was um, most mornings or most days I went to work, um, I didn't feel like doing what I what I knew the day uh, held for me. I, I didn't know that I could actually do it. But there again, the perseverance and the success of Antian's, I think, lies right there. It's We kept doing what we did not feel like doing. Sometimes... Um, Maybe you're not always, maybe you don't know what to do or you don't know how to do it. But even then, perseverance kicks in. You figure it out as you go. How am I going to do this? I'm not sure how, but hey, perseverance says, I can, I can do this. So it's really a mindset that I'm just, just grateful for. Yeah. You know what I'm curious about is how do you, how did you know you were persevering in the quote unquote right thing? You know what I mean? Because it's like, I think sometimes people wonder, well, gosh, yeah, go ahead. It's hard. It's the hard thing. Yeah. <laughs> you persevere the hard thing. You don't have to persevere when it's easy. You know what I mean? Right. You just gotta. It's hard when it's really hard. You just gotta push through. I understand. There's there's a little more. It's a little more complex than that. But for me, it was uh, perseverance through some of the things that. Wow. Just as I'm saying this, I'm feeling it. Like things that I did not understand or didn't know. How am I going to do this? And have to understand, I came from an Amish background. So when you're Amish, you go through eighth grade. So can you, you, you can imagine what I didn't know. I didn't know very much, you know. Um, so as we started the company, 
Well, perseverance was um, like um, I knew that I needed to, you know, hold a briefcase, go to work, put my suit on and go to work with a briefcase <laughs> in hand and plop it down at my desk. And, OK, you know, that's what I, I know I have to do. And that's what I'm doing. But, you know, then it then it went into all of the, you know, um, starting the company and training uh, for franchising and uh, uh, doing interviews for uh, franchise people that were interested in franchises all over the country. I, it, it was, it, it was so big. And that's why, I guess that's why perseverance. What I mean by that is it, it just means you, you, you do the hard thing, right? You just keep pressing in. How did, so, you, how did you know you were on the right path? Cause I think it's, it's like hot. So I, I assume you're like, you know what? I feel like God has really said like, mm. this is the area I'm supposed to persevere in. And so even when it was difficult, you kept persevering. Do you know what I'm saying? Because sometimes people are, have a hard time discerning. Well, I think I, I'm okay with persevering, but am I pursuing in the persevering in the right thing? So I'm just, I'm curious if you have any, like, wisdom on that for people who might be wrestling, thinking whether it be a job, should I persevere here, or a relationship, whatever the case is, like, working on a persevering, absolutely. How do I know I'm persevering at the right thing? You know what I mean? No, I totally yeah. So I know I was I was really broad there, but uh, but the point that the question you're asking me I think is is a great question. So, but I feel like the answer to that is that for for us we knew Lisa what our purpose was. Mm, good. So good. that that's why we could persevere. So if you don't know what your purpose is, that that to me is the biggest um, unknown for a lot of people. Um, I read a book by. T. Byram Karasu is a medical doctor, and he said that finding your purpose in life is the hardest task that you will ever uh, that you will ever do, and it's the hardest thing to discover. So, so based on that thought, Jonas and I, my husband and I, knew what our purpose was. So I'm glad you brought that up because when you know what your purpose is, it's uh, perseverance. It just that's what you need to fulfill the purpose. There's so much, in spite of what I just said, mm -hmm. there's so mm -hmm. much joy and there's so much power in understanding what your purpose is, no matter how difficult the day may be, no matter how complex or obstacles that come your way on any given day, which they did for us every single day. Our purpose, we knew, was to give. We knew that God created Auntie Anne's as a vehicle to give. That was very clear. Um, after we started the company, we knew that God created Antians for that purpose, to give finance financially. And that giving was, um, there was, there was a lot of giving that we were able to do. It was so much fun, but the main purpose was for the counseling center that my husband developed and um, so for 10 years, Auntie Anne supported that 100%. Uh, we fully funded the counseling center for 10 years, and there was free service for every single client that came to uh, our place for 10 years. Yeah. So, and we had a number of employees, I, I, I think upwards to maybe 10 employees at the time. And so, so Auntie Anne fully supported that. So I think the, the, the missing link for a lot of people, Lisa, is... And I speak wherever I, whenever I'm asked to speak on the subject of the power of purpose, which is one of my, I love speaking about that. Um, many people always say, I'm not sure if I know what my, what my purpose is. Well, I understand that. 
but it's never too late to find your purpose. And when you find it, when you find your purpose, you won't ever ask anyone, I'm not sure if I found my purpose yet. Um, is it? No, it's probably not. You know, when you find it, you know what it is, and it changes everything about you. And that's why perseverance works well. <laughs> it worked well for me because uh, if I didn't have the purpose, um, I would I didn't I wouldn't have needed the perseverance. But it was so big for me. The purpose was so clear, and it, and it got bigger and bigger and bigger. That the only way through it for me was to persevere. Yeah, no, that's there was, good. Just understand me. It was exciting. It was thrilling. It was uh, there was so much fulfillment for us in that journey, and um, but finding your purpose, as I just mentioned, is probably the toughest task that you will ever face. So you know what my next question is going to be. <laughs> And how other people listening to this are probably thinking, okay, I'm so glad that you found your purpose. How do I find mine? So I'm going to give you a minute to think about that. But you've talked about it to several hundreds, Mm -hmm. if not thousands of people. So I'd love you to maybe help give our listeners just a couple of questions to chew on or pray about that could help them kind of uncover and discover that. But but before we do that, the, the thing that I hear you saying and that I've actually experienced myself is, that just because we find our purpose does not mean it then becomes a cakewalk. Like there, like it is hard. It is a grind sometimes. Like I yes. think we have this false notion that it should be easy somehow. And, and there's there's times of joy, obviously, because cool. you know we we need joy to be able to to stick with it as well. But you know this concept of perseverance, endurance, working hard, knowing the journey is going to have its ups and downs. But to your point, when we're so locked in on, I know that I know that I know that this is who God created yeah. me to be, and this is my best contribution to the world, then we are able to to endure through difficulty because we have this big vision. We have this why, you know, God's Mm -hmm. word says without vision, the people perish. Like we need vision to keep us going. Right. So, so can you help us with maybe some questions that you've shared with others or you've asked of yourself as are kind of circling the wagons around one's purpose? Like what are, how, how do we, how do we get to that point of even getting close to knowing what it is? Well, I I don't know that finding our purpose, um, it's hard for me to tell you how to find your purpose, but I can only share with you my own experience. And, you know, hopefully somebody will hear something that will um, really click or, yeah, in their heart. And they're like, oh, okay, I get it. So that's the work of Holy Spirit, you know. So I can only share my experience. And, and, and so our experience was really, I've always said, out of our pain, our purpose was born. So I understand exactly what I mean when I say that. So um, I think that most of us find our purpose out of life's experiences. I mean, maybe you knew what you were going to do at, in the first grade and you're living it out today. I don't know. Uh, but I think that most of us are not living the life that we thought we would. But, you know, uh, even though uh, a lot of people, um, you know, you plan your life as best you can, but you really never know what tomorrow will bring. And my plan for my life was to be a good wife and a good good mom to kids one day and, you know, kind of live happily ever after because 
because I was a good girl and, you know, I was serving God and doing the very best I could. And, and wow, you know, then life hits you with something, whether it's, uh, you know, a divorce or a death or a, uh, there's so many losses that we experience that that's what hits us. You know, I lost something. I, uh, my dreams are shattered. I, I, I can't believe I'm in this place of, I don't know, how did I get to this place of pain or disappointment? Um, so our life was the same, and and that's why Stay Out of Our Pain, Our Purpose was born. I don't know, Lisa, if it's possible to, to get through life without some deep, dark um, places that to go through. Hmm. I, I, wish, hmm. I wish we could, but I'm not sure that that's reality or possible. Um, so out of our pain, our purpose was born. So as a, as a young wife and the mother of two girls and, and our little sweet Angie, Angela uh, went to be with Jesus when she was 19 months old in a farm accident that she, where she was killed instantly was a um, absolutely devastating. My life was oh, wrecked. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking if I was, I'm, I'm living a good life. I'm doing really great things for you, God. I'm, I'm on the path and I'm, you know, so why? So my, my journey then became, um, understanding the, the grief and the disappointments and pain that people experience. I would never know that without my own experience. So out of that, um, out of that pain, and then for years of just uh, abuse of our, my pastor, who I went to see for comfort and help and guidance through my grief, ended up being seduced and sexually abused by him for over six years. And um, so my life became um, uh, very almost unbearable. But 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 in in the looking back at all of that now. Um, those are the the experiences that shaped me to be who I am today. As much as I, you know, you want to comfort people in their pain and you want, you know, you kind of want to get them through it as quickly as possible. And you want to pray and, and ask God to, you know, I don't know, do some sort of a miracle to help these people uh, get out of the, the, the darkness that they're in because of the pain they experience. But really, I think that what I've learned through my own experiences and is that God helps us through these things. We're rarely transported out of them. Mm-hmm. We just got to, we got to work through them. And so that's what we did. And, um, it was a very long journey for us as a couple. We're married, uh, 49 years now. I'm wow. Happy Congratulations. That's amazing. Miraculous, miraculous. A lot of hard work. It, it, it wasn't, I can tell you right now, it didn't happen just strictly on my knees. You know, we did a lot of hard work and uh, lots of counseling. And um, as a couple, instead of running from each other, which emotionally we were not together at all, but we stayed in the same house and uh, we were able to work our way through this stuff, which I, I can't even begin to tell you how dark and how hard it was. But it was out of all that, Lisa, that we found our purpose. Yeah. And we found it because we went to a marriage counselor that kept our marriage together for, you know, gave us the gave us the tools that we needed for initially just to start being a couple again. We'd never separated, but um, so then it took us years to 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 be enjoy each other's company and to uh, to be husband and wife again. And 
and to be a family, uh, a healthy family, as healthy as we could be after all of the brokenness. So, and then out of that, we, we wanted to help other couples. And so out of our pain, our purpose was born. And God gave us Auntie Anne's to like really make it a, in a big way. Like, wow, you can help people. And um, as we were making money, it was all about pouring it right back into the center and loving every minute of just helping other people. That became our purpose. Wow. And that's why, yeah, there's never anything easy, really. I don't know. I don't know why we think it should be, but... For us, it's been a lot of hard work yeah. and a lot of tears and a lot of suffering, a lot of suffering. But through it all, we've, we have uh, found great, great peace in our purpose. Yeah. Now, I know we're not, not necessarily on the the show today to, to talk about this, but I'm just really curious because for any married women who might be listening right now who may be struggling in their marriage, just a, any encouragement for them? I mean, you have been married for 49 years and there were years and years of darkness. What, what kept you in it? Or what, what would you say to a woman right now who just may be struggling in her marriage as well? What, what encouragement would you give her? Well, I think there are a lot of components, you know, when it comes to the, the, the depth of our pain in a marriage. And, and the, the, the truth is, what I know today is that I, I cannot control anyone but myself. You know, and so what we do in a marriage, I think oftentimes, or in any relationship, we try to fix our partners, our, you know, our kids, our we can't control anyone but ourselves. So I would encourage these women to look deep inside your soul and your heart. And uh, what is it that, 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 you can, that you can change about yourself? What is it that you can do for you, like that you can change? Um, and I also want to say that the grass is, you know, we always say the grass is greener on the other side of the fence. But I'm here to tell you it's not true, you know. If, if there's any way that you can make it work in your marriage, then I would say, you know, fight for your marriage. I also understand there are exceptions to every rule. But in, in our case, um, we would have been that exception. Like my husband uh, could have left me. Um, we could have easily gotten a divorce because that was my this is my plan. It was either divorce or kill myself. I, that's, that, those are my two options. And when I, I don't say that lightly, but that was my option. So I can't. I could never tell another um, wife or, or mother or to what to do, because I know how complex it is. I can say that if if it would have been left up to me, I wouldn't be sitting here today. I always start my uh, speeches when I speak is I'm here today because of the power of grace and one good man. Mm. You know, and I think the unfortunate part is that we can't always say that, you know, we, we're not always that loving, whether you're a husband or a wife, you know, but my husband was able to love me in a way that was totally unselfish. And Lisa, isn't that the key? Isn't that really the model of Christ? Well, it's the model of Christ that he did that for you, right? But that, did, that, right. that that women, that as wives, that we would be that, that model of grace for others, too. Absolutely. So I remember one day uh, during all of this, and my husband didn't tell me this at the time, but, you know, when I, when I confessed to him my sin, my secret, my abuse, which I didn't know was abuse at the time, I knew nothing about any sexual sins, abuse. I knew nothing. I was completely 
in the dark about it. I'm not anymore, but I was then. And, uh, but when my husband, um, found out about what was going on in my life, I, um, remember clearly just like I knew he was going to divorce me because I am, I'm, I'm guilty. And, uh, so what he did at that time is he went, um, into his office in a little shed in our backyard in Troop, Texas. And he just said, God, what do you want me to do? What can I do? What, I mean, it was a total surprise and a shock and he, you know, didn't know anything uh, that I'd been living in this lifestyle for over six years. And, um, and the Lord just put part and, and said to him, you can love your wife as I love you. And if you do that, there's hope for your marriage. And my husband will tell you, he can never talk about this without tearing up. Hmm. But he hmm. said that day, his focus became, well, how does God love me? How do, what does that look like? How does he love me? And he said, my focus became about how God loves me rather than um, being critical or unkind to my wife. It was all about discovering how God loves him. And he knew that if he could discover how God loves him, then he would be able to love me in the same way. Wow. And so, you know, that sounds like, "Mm, that's nice, but it was hard. It was very hard for him to live that out year after year, even after he knew the truth about our, our marriage and, uh, but um, obviously, it worked for us. And I think that the, the greatest gift that we have is the example of Christ himself. And if we can get this, uh, loving others as Christ loved us. I don't know. Can you exhaust that subject? Uh, you can't. You can't. <laughs> no, and it's it's hard. It's a lifelong journey. It's nothing we ever fully yes. arrive on this side of heaven, but it is... It is the it is why we are created to love God, love others, and be more like Jesus. And it's difficult to be more like Jesus in our humanness, but it's so rewarding. And I just I love the the picture of your husband, you know, with his own pain and his own ego could have, as you said, easily ended the marriage, but he went to God and, and asked God, God, what do you have? What is it that you desire? How can I be more like you? And man, if we would live our lives every day just seeking that one question, Lord, what does it look like for me to live more like Jesus? That I that that almost I think almost sums up the journey because that covers every every gamut of life, right? Absolutely. Well and see that takes work. See that's not like just I'm going to church every Sunday and I'll be a Christian and and do, you know, do my duties, whatever that might be. It's it's not that at all. Right. is much more personal than that. And um, so that's why I say it, it's the power of grace in one good man. And that my heart is, is filled with compassion for the many women that, that don't have a good man in their life. And they're crying because every day they're crying out and saying, uh, you know, either my husband is unkind to me, he's abusing me, he's, you know, so, so there, there's so much pain, um, that when I say I'm married 49 years and I had a good man, you know, I don't want to shut women down and say, and I say that because that's my story and it's God's grace that worked in my life. But I also understand 
and I, I would be the first to say I, I cannot um, give easy answers to women in deep pain. My journey has been long and hard, but I have to say that God was faithful to me. Hmm. And he, he will be faithful. There's just something about that truth. You can't compare your life with mine. I can't compare my life with yours. But the truth is that God is no respecter of persons. And if he helped me in, in these, you know, as a little Amish girl, finding myself in this deep pit of despair for years, um, and then helping me build a company that, I think about that, Lisa. Today, I'm. I, it's. I'm. It's. It's not a ho hum. Oh, oh, thank you, Lord. Kind of a thing. It's. I'm. I'm amazed. I'm all of those things. I'm so amazed that God was faithful to me, mm-hmm. and that's really the truth. Is I don't know where these women live, where they're at, where they're at, where in their in their journey. You know, the, the hearts of all the women that are listening to your program today. But God does. He knows exactly where they are. Mm-hmm. He, he knows exactly how to help them. But uh, what I discovered, my, my greatest discovery, Lisa, was the power of confession, the power of living an authentic life, the power of the one, I call it the one to another confession, like get up off your knees <laughs> and go talk to somebody that is trustworthy, someone that, that maybe has been down the road a little further than you are, and they, they've overcome some, they've had some battles, but they won. These are the kind of women that you want to hang with. These are the kind of women you want to talk to. Um, so James 5.16, um, confess your faults one to another, <laughs> and you'll be healed. Hmm. So my years of darkness and secrets was absolutely, um, I was on my knees every day praying and asking God, nothing happened. Do I believe in prayer? I sure do. But I also believe, I understand better today that God doesn't make us do anything. Um, He wants us to be responsible and make the changes in our lives. So my biggest change was getting up off my knee, knees and going to see my husband and telling him what's going on in my life. Hmm. Well, if you think that praying um, is easier to do than actually confessing maybe something that you're really struggling with, well, you're right. I'd rather just stay on my knees and pray. But God's plan is for us to be responsible, and He said, "Confess your faults." Want to know, and that that verse is backed up by many other principles in the Word of God. But that's the one that really got to me. So instead of praying, it's the one to another confession. It's the one to another. And what what we've been talking about the last few weeks is that, you know, when you think about confession, you think about it. Maybe it's subjective. It's what belongs in the Catholic Church, the priest to the lay person, or in the Amish culture, it was like if you could. If you do something that's against the culture, you've got to stand in front of the whole church and confess it to everybody, you know, publicly. So our new view of confession is, while it's the same thing, but it's a new idea, and that is storytelling. 
go tell somebody your story. That's a form of confession. It's like pouring out your heart to somebody. And that's what changed my entire life, Lisa, the day I got up off my knees and went to talk to my husband. And that's become my life. Yeah. And that's where silence comes from. No, I think that's a really good insight in that, you know, obviously we do confess our sins to God and that we are in community and we, we can't grow in isolation. Like we need to be in community and confessing our sins to one another as you reference that verse as well is really seems like the most scary, frightening thing to do because we don't know how that person is going to respond. But but it's not the other person's response that we hang our hat on, so to speak. It's it's not even about how a person reacts. It's uh, about us being able to be in the light and be free and not have the secret kill us because we're keeping it to ourselves and we're just allowing it to um, keep us in hiding because you know, even God's word says that you know, anything that is not in the light, like anything hidden in the darkness, okay, we have to bring things out in the light. But it's really scary because, again, there are going to be people, first and foremost, and you, I'm, I'm sure you'd agree with this, and your husband was trustworthy, if, if, when we are going to confess our sins to one another, which is actually counterintuitive, um, mm-hmm. very biblical, that it has to be in a space or with someone that has shown themselves trustworthy for us to confess to, someone that will yes. hold that space, another woman who shows spiritual maturity, shows a level of authenticity, and um, to just be very prayerful and mindful of who we are confessing to, but that we we need to we need to get it off our chest, so to speak, and mm-hmm. and shake ourselves loose from these things because the enemy will just he's gonna use that stuff. When we no, keep it darkness. Yeah, it's right when we keep it bottled up, man, it just Woo, grabs a grabs a hold. So I love the, you know, that you talked about being on your knees is definitely a component because we do come to God first, but we need other people in our lives to be able to help us experience the the freedom that Christ has come to give us through truth, through honesty, through relationship, through hey, my identity is not wrapped up in this thing that I did or thing that I said, and and we we become. That becomes more true for us when we we don't keep it to ourselves and we're able to confess our sins to one another and and be that type of person where someone coming to confess to us, like we're that person that holds that space for others to fully show up in all of their crap and all their messiness. Mm-hmm. Well, you're saying you're speaking my language, so I mean, what else can I say? It's it, it's it's so it's so true, and yet um, uh, I feel like. Um, we, for whatever reason, we feel like we have to keep these things inside, but it's so, it's, it's a lie. Um, God has called us to connect with each other. Mm-hmm. And there's another mm-hmm. verse in Proverbs 6, 5, it says, um, set yourself free like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter, like a bird from the stare of the fowler. It's, it's like you do, the, you, ha- you have to do the work. And so, anyway, that's been my journey, and I understand it. You're exactly right. It's the most scary thing that you will ever do uh, is to be that vulnerable with somebody, again, important, someone that is trustworthy. But you know what I feel like is the greatest, um, I don't know what's the word, but I, I wish that as women of God, that we could all be trustworthy. Yeah. I wish we wouldn't have to worry about, well, if I tell Becky or Susie or, or Jane or, 
somebody else my story, my secret, oh, I, I, I would like to tell him, but I'm afraid that, you know, maybe they'll use it against me or they'll tell someone else. And to me, that is the biggest shame. That is the greatest um, um, stumbling block. And I wish it wasn't there. But you're right. We have to be so careful about how we share our stories with others. Um, but I've learned that I got to the point where I'm like, I don't care what you do with my story. It doesn't matter anymore because I'm so desperate to be free. You can use it against me if you want to. I don't care anymore. So I think when you're desperate enough and your pain is deep enough, you get to the point where it doesn't matter. Just You just got to get it out. I don't need to hear your story, but you need to tell me your story. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't have to know everything about you, but you have to unload to get it out of your system. And when you do that, I mean, I just had a story a couple of weeks ago, a lady that's never talked about her story, and she's 70, and wow. And after 40 years, has almost 40 years, just um, was able to unload, and I mean, her words exactly where I've never felt freer, freer in all of my life. Wow, why? Well, it's what happens when you tell your story in a safe place. You, mm. It's free. Yeah, so I that's a mission. That's what we're on run a mission. We want women. We want to, we want to create a movement all over the world and let women know they have a voice. They have a right. Not, not like in the, not in, not like in the women's right kind of a way. It's more like, no, as women, God created us. Uh, we have the right to be who he created us to be. And, and, Satan has stolen that from us, and he, he put us, he made us, um, he put us in hiding. And he's going to keep us there until we do Proverbs 6, 5, set yourself free. Yeah. Tell, yeah. tell us a little bit about, and I know you're, you're talking a, a bit about Broken Silence, the new organization that is launching this year. And as we said a little bit earlier, that your mission is to help women find their voice and break free, as we're talking about right now, from the secrets that keep them stuck in what you call pain, blame. And shame. Tell tell us a little bit of more about that initiative and kind of your 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 vision for that and 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 how you see this. Really, the the words freedom movement are coming to mind for me as I think about what you're up to here. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a you know what I just shared with you is 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 really the foundation for what we uh, what we are gearing up for and um, broken silence. Wow, um, I've I've done a lot of quite a bit of speaking in the last five, eight years. And the more I, the more I speak, the more passionate I become about the fact that there are so many women that they're, um, they feel silenced by, uh, whatever abuse or there can be more reasons than abuse. Um, but whatever has been done against you, you feel like someone stole your voice and I remember clearly when I wrote my book called Twist of Faith, it's been out almost 10 years now. And uh, when I finally got the book and held it to my chest, I ran upstairs uh, because you have to understand, I thought, I thought I would never, ever tell my story, ever. I vowed and declared no one will ever find out about me and what happened in my life. But when I wrote my book um, and I ran up the steps and I held it to my chest and I just went into my office, my husband's office and said, hun, God gave me my voice pack again. Well, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard to explain. But once, if you've been silenced, 
and someone gives you the freedom or the understanding that you have a voice. It's you have a voice. And when, and our purpose in, in the broken, in our, in this concept, broken silence, we, we want women, we want to help them break their silence. And we want women to understand they have a voice and their voice is important. And what we do instead of believing that we have a voice, Lisa, is what we do every day. We, whine and we complain hmm. always complaining and I've said the, a line that I love is uh, complaining is an act of defeat confessing is an act of obedience interesting so there's a big difference between complaining and confessing can you talk about that difference real quick well complaining is easy to do we do it every day I mean, you go to the grocery store, the bankers, your friends, they're always complaining about everybody, everything, their husband, their kids. It's always, they're, they're always complaining. Uh, but confession is very, very hard. It's not easy to confess to you that my life is completely in ruins. Like, you, you may think I look great, I'm doing all the right things, but um, Lisa, my life is in ruins. I mean, for us to confess, whatever it may be, it's hard to do. The principle is sounds easy but it's not it sounds simple but it's not easy to do it's very very hard so because it's that's so hard to do we just stay on this track we're just going to whine and complain about everything in life the weather the kids the husband the church the school the the government everything we just whine and complain so it's because lisa because we're defeated that's why we complain so we we want to teach women and i can tell you i'm not I don't feel like I don't have all the answers. I don't, I know it's complex. I know that you, you know, maybe you open up a can of worms when I know your story, Lisa, you tell me all about you. And is it like opening up a can? What are we going to do? I don't know what to do. I'm just saying, uh, we want women to understand that when you're able to tell your story, confess, be real, that as you live this journey, the power of confession will overtake your life. And I call it a lifestyle of confession. Again, not mm -hmm. subjective, but it's the kind of confession, the kind of lifestyle that it frees you. You become free in this process. And it's, it's turned my life around in such a dramatic way. I can't even begin to delve into it because it's, it's too complex. But I, I can tell you it's hard work. And I believe that God wants the women of this world they they don't need yeah they don't need another sermon. I mean, we, I go to church every Sunday, so I love <laughs> you know what I mean. But we we need to to learn to take responsibility for our own lives and be willing to step out and make the necessary changes. And I believe that it all starts with the power of confession. What we do instead of that is we, we drink our pain away, we sex our pain away, we alcohol, we, we drug our pain away, we minister our pain away, we're busy, we're, we become all these, we do all these things and we're trying to numb, trying to numb, trying to live in a world that's not, not reality. But I'm telling you, the power of telling your story is, and I've done classes for a number of years that 
that that I've it, it's just completely amazing when a woman has 45 minutes to tell her story without interruption what happens to her it's amazing so set yourself free like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter and I, I see that picture but with it with that if you if you look at that picture at all it means there's a lot of struggle and like you said earlier it's really scary yeah um, it takes commitment but it's it is possible so we want women to understand they have a voice it doesn't matter what's going on in your life um you have a voice and when you find your voice you begin to talk and you begin to understand that you begin to feel the power you begin to feel the freedom you begin to see for me it was just communion with god like wow just sweet i can stop long enough to enjoy him i i can like who i am I can like my husband better. I can love others. It's it just has a snowball effect, but it all starts inside of me as I learn to free myself. Yeah, that's good too. And you know what? It's it's you said this earlier. Like confession can't be a concept. Like we can listen to this podcast and think, "Ooh, that sounds like a good concept." And and we really won't know the freedom that you're talking about until we start practicing it, right? It's yes. not, confession isn't something we just we talk about, we practice it and then it, you know, for Correct. those of uh, you who are listening and thinking, well, what the heck is this freedom all about? You won't know until you start taking the steps no. towards the confession. And it's interesting because I don't know if you do the word for a year or word for the year exercise that people do. You know, we for mm-hmm. the new year, we use usually do like a lot of New Year's resolutions and so forth. And yeah. there's this concept of of coming up with what's your word for the year. And And last year I was over... Uh, the new year with some girlfriends and we were just really praying and I was inviting the Holy Spirit to help guide me on, you know, what do you want my word for the year to be? And last year in 2017, my word was release. And when I got that word, I thought, God, that is such a lame word. Can I get a word like fierce or brave or, you know, and I didn't quite know all that was intended for me with this word release. And as I, I reflect back on last year, I'm like, wow, amazed at how many things that I have released anger, judgment, fear, mm-hmm. things that I've been released from. And then this year with uh, my small group, we did the same exercise and just really invited God and the Holy Spirit in to give us a word for the year. And I, I couldn't for the life of me. It wasn't coming to me. And at the final moment, God gave me my word and my word is freedom. And so it's just interesting as we're having this dialogue that uh, a lot of what we've talked about is how to experience more freedom. And that confession is a gateway to freedom. And, And some of the things that I've, I've known for myself as this word has been revealed to me is, you know, I want to experience more freedom from the opinions of others, more freedom from fear of failure, more freedom from all these other things, which I think go along a lot with this confession. And I think, too, that our our greatest human desire is to be loved and to be known. We want to be loved and to be known, and human people will be able to do that to a certain degree. You and I, as followers of Jesus, know that to be known and loved by Jesus is the ultimate, and that other people around us become the tangible expression of that. But I think our greatest fear is to be loved and known as well, right? To be loved, or will I be loved if I'm known, better yet, to said. So if I really, if you really know this about me, i.e. confession, as we've been talking about, will you still love me? So listeners, as you're thinking about this, as as you're listening to this dialogue, maybe invite 
God and the Holy Spirit to say, hey, what are the areas that I would really be afraid that anybody ever knew about me? And that may be a starting point or an indicator of bondage that you might be in or a fear that you might be in that is keeping you stuck, that is not allowing you to fully live the abundant life that Christ gave to give you because anything that we keep in darkness keeps us stuck. So that might be a good starting point of, wow, what is the thing that if someone knew about me, that is, I would never want them to know that. And I'm not saying go start blasting it on social media. Actually, please don't do that. (laughs) Um, Bring it to God. Yeah, bring it to God first. Bring it to confession first and say, Lord, is this something that you're that you're wanting to really reveal and heal in me and, and have me not be concealing it anymore? And, and if so, like, who is a safe person that I can do that? And God's faithful. And as you were saying earlier in your story and in your brokenness, God saw you. And daughters and sons that are listening to this, God sees you. He wants you to be free. His word says that he has come, that you have may have life and have it to the fullest. And I love yeah. this initiative, Anne, with Broken Silence, that when we break the silence, there's so much freedom that is available to us. Tell us, tell us a little bit more about how we can learn more about what you're up to with this new organization and, and how we can find out uh, you know more about that. Yeah, well, we're going to launch it uh, earlier or sometime this year, very soon, hopefully. And uh, you can uh, find us on brokensilence.co.co, our website, brokensilence.co. Uh, my website is uh, my email, antianbyler.com. So if you go into the website, brokensilence.co, not com, <laughs> yeah, I want to say .com, um, you'll find more out about that. But um, you'll hear more about us as we uh, launch our workbooks, and uh, we're planning on, on doing um, uh, workbooks on and having uh, small groups on uh, for women concerning this subject so we're very excited and coming out with a book uh, again sometime this year it's being written right now wow. uh hopefully by the early summer hopefully um so look for us on our website and uh, you'll you'll find out what we're doing but we're just uh, we believe that we believe that um silence must be broken and that if uh, there's a there's a line that i love by dr richard dobbins connected Alone, alone we die, connected we live. Mm. And, you know, I think one of Satan's greatest lies is to make us believe that we have to carry this alone. And just be quiet. Don't say anything. And then he also says a line that I love, a quote that he says, Satan builds his secrets in the strongholds of our lives and reinforces them by silence. And when we break the silence, then we break the stronghold. So... You know, we're we're all looking to be free. We all want to live a life. In, we just want to live a life of freedom, but we're not sure how to get there. And what we want to do through our uh, in uh, through this concept of open silence is we we hope to have materials out there that will help people understand uh, or give them some really good steps about how to uh, how to free yourself. Um, there's some very clear steps and things that you can do, and the results of that are a life that is in my opinion the life i'm living today is unbelievable and i I believe that's where where confession will take you to an unbelievable life but it's not just a quick prayer way it's Mm -hmm. it's a it's a journey and um so so we're very excited about about being able to you know god's interested us with this uh passion uh, and this mission that we're that we just we're just fired up about it because 
as I said earlier, I want women to understand and have a voice. I want them to experience freedom. And, um, you know, I'm grateful for what God did for me. And, you know, our stories are never the same. Our outcomes are never, you know, my outcome is different than your outcome. But, but, but the outcome is predictable, you know, when you begin this lifestyle, opening up your life and your heart and your world and you, you, you bring it into the open. It's predictable. There is freedom uh, that comes from that. And um, so I, I'm grateful that God gave me a pretzel first and then he gave me you know, without the pretzel, Lisa, I would not have a platform. It's, it's amazing to me. I mean, it was just a pretzel he gave us hmm. to use hmm. for his kingdom. Wow. And now, and because of that, he's given me a platform. And, you know, everybody will have a platform of some sort, but you will never step onto that platform if you're not able to free yourself from your secrets and your past. You, your message won't be as powerful. It won't be as clear. It won't be as as impactful, you know. So God wants to give everybody a platform of some sort. And um, but he can use us best when we have freed ourselves from all the things that weigh us down. And when you mentioned earlier, you know, what is it that's in your life that you think you need to confess? What's the, what's the secret? What is the struggle? What, what struggles do you carry? Like every day, it's just on your mind. So yeah, take them to God. Then I would just like to add to that and say, uh, be bold enough to write it down somewhere. You know, if you're driving your car right now and you have a place to pull over and you're like, <laughs> exactly what I need to get rid of in my life. You know, I've never told anyone, okay, right now I can't tell anyone, pull over in your car. Mm-hmm. Or if you're in your kitchen, or if you're somewhere, and just stop long enough. And yeah, you, you feel it in your mind and in your heart. But take the next step and write it down. There's, there's, there are three forms of confession, in my opinion. And that's prayer and uh, journaling. And then the last one being the hardest is the one to another confession. So there are three types. And we all do the prayer just right. We got it down. You know, but the journaling, like, like the Psalmist David, he, he, it took him 150 chapters like to tell the world how he feels about his life, you know. So I think the journaling or writing down what you're, what's coming to your mind, what is it that you struggle with? Write it down somewhere. And then as you write it down, eventually you'll have the courage to tell someone. So those are three steps. Confess to God and then journal and then confess to someone else. Wow, that is a perfect like, way. To, yeah. Go ahead, what were you saying? That's just been my journey, and I, I'm sure there are other ways, but I just feel like there is there is really only one way to get rid of the sin in our life and the, and the things that bog us down. It's through the power of confession. We have to talk about it. Hmm. So th- it's just been, yeah, I'm I'm so excited. I'm grateful that God has, you know, laid this burden on my heart, this, this passion is what it is, and that you have given me the opportunity, uh, Lisa, for this time with you to talk about um yes what what god wants us to become free free indeed free indeed absolutely free. absolutely and i what a this such a blessing to be in your space and to just be in your the wisdom that god has given you i was reading proverbs this morning and wisdom is uh better than gold <laughs> and the wisdom mm-hmm. of god to confess and I love those three steps that we confess to God. I love journaling and writing it out, getting it on paper as a next step, and then 
confessing our sin one-to-one is um, just a great action step for our listeners as we really pursue you guys living a life unleashed and living a life unleashed is being unhindered and being unhindered from the things that knowingly or unknowingly are holding us back. And, and, and part of that is the secrets that we may be holding because we have such a great fear for what others are going to think. But I just want to remind us that our identity, especially, you know, for those who, who call ourselves followers of Christ, and for those of you who are not, man, an invitation for you to know more of who Jesus is, because Jesus nailed every single thing about us to the cross that um, is is messy and, you know, and things we've mucked up and says, you know what? Hey, I still love you. You are still chosen. There's nothing that can separate you from my love. And so for those of us who are followers of Jesus, we need to be reminded of that truth that your identity is firmly rooted in Jesus Christ. It is not rooted in anyone's opinion of you. It's not rooted in your successes or your failures. It's not rooted in anything other than the blood of Jesus. And again, for those of you who are not followers of Christ, I I hope that this this compels you in some way to learn more about who Jesus is. Find a local church in your area. Maybe you know someone who's a follower of Christ and ask them, what is this freedom that Anne and Lisa have been talking about that is available to me, especially through confession, confessing to God and confessing to one another? Well, Anne, such a pleasure to be in your space. I am so thrilled to follow all the things that you're going to be up to yes. with this new initiative. And so I, I hope really, really hope to keep in touch as I follow you on this journey. But thanks so much again for your generous uh, giving of your time and of your journey uh, with me and with our listeners. It's been my great honor, Lisa, to be a part of this uh, part of your conversation and blessings on all that you do. And together, we'll, we'll make a difference. We will make a difference. Hey, you guys who are listening, remember to pass this podcast on to those people you love and care about as we journey together to live a life that is unhindered and unleashed and really in that process, find our mission, make our best contribution to others along the way. And a reminder as well, as you listen to this podcast, please review it and make comments because that is a way that others will learn more about it so they can be on their journey too and join our journey as we journey to live that life that is unhindered and unleashed. Well, next time, guys, looking forward to tuning in with you. You are loved and I am rooting you on. We'll see you next time.